Kia ora, I'm Erin Keem and you're listening to Conversations About Closets with my closest thousand friends. I started this project to get me through a gloomy Seattle winter, which was hitting me hard. The thing is, I love women. Why not showcase them? Why not call women I've never met, have our first conversation, record it and turn it into a podcast? So that's what I did. I didn't edit, I still don't. Some days I'm on fire, some days not so much, and sometimes I even forgot to ask questions about closets. But all my guests are amazing. Listen up, get to know them, you'll be glad you did. If you want to be a guest on my show, go to erinkeem.com. I'd love to meet you. Aroha for listening, here's today's episode. Deb! Erin, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm so happy to be talking to you today. I've got my seasonal affective disorder light on. It's so gloomy outside. And I thought, I'm so looking forward to talking to Deb. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. It's gloomy. No, it's not gloomy here. The sun is out right now. It's going to get gloomy later. Uh, Yeah, but where are you? Uh, Northern California. Aha, uh-huh. I'm in Seattle. So. Yes, we're about 800 miles <laughs> south of you. But I'm glad to hear that you're going to get some sunshine. I'm wearing a jumper or what you call sweater that I think you would love. I'll send you a photo. It basically looks like I've been attacked by a ball of yarn. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure it's I, horrible. It, um, it would make my Bright and lovely. My, <laughs> oh, sorry to overtalk. I was going to say it would make my cat really happy. It's actually, <laughs> really, it's actually really muted. For me, it's grey with pink and white. Um, oh. Uh, so it's a, it's from Tabula Rasa. And from the sleeves down, it's just an explosion of woolly threads. Huh. It sounds lovely. I will send you a photo. But tell me, what are you wearing? Because I, I screwed up. I made you think this was a Zoom call. So you got dressed for me. So what are you wearing? So I'm wearing a... Um, a knit dress uh that's very flowy and comfortable it sort of actually feels like it's made of um almost sweatsuit fabric but it's not um and then and it's uh sort of a burgundy color and then a brown woolen duster on top of it that is also knit Um, and even though you told me it was a zoom call i dressed for this anyway um because I really think that when you when you have something where you want to sort of present yourself, you you need to do it all the way through. And so for me, that I was going to have a relatively formal conversation with you, I wanted to put on work clothes so that I would actually feel like I was going to work and having a proper conversation with you rather than just a schlubby, hey, let's hang out on the sofa and grunt at each other kind of conversation. I hope you all heard that because it, it, it is absolutely the true, like a uh, truth. Uh, we, we dress for roles. We, you know, if we're an act, if we were an actor on a, a television show, we would actually have a wardrobe that was designed for us to help us represent that character. Getting dressed, actually getting dressed from top to toe, even putting on shoes, even though we, we are still in the middle of a pandemic, will absolutely make a difference in how you come across, even if it's only on an audio call. You will sit differently, you will feel differently, and you will present yourself differently. I completely agree. 
And this is coming from somebody who is also a marketing expert as well. Deb, I, I was so busy talking about what I was wearing. Would you tell people what you do? Because you are multifaceted. Oh, oh, before I do, did you make the outfit that you're wearing? No, I did not. But I will shortly be putting on a scarf that I made um, because I do try to wear at least something handmade every day. I love that. So now that I have, I have explored that, would you tell us more about what you do? Sure. I'm a marketing consultant and I work with a variety of companies helping make their marketing departments feel heroic and successful. Um, and I do that in a couple of ways. Um, I will help them with the strategic messaging that they need to figure out. I will help them assemble folks who will create the marketing materials or the marketing campaigns that they need in order to be successful. Um, or the idea that I'm really excited about this year is that I've created a curriculum of classes that will teach the next generation of marketers the tips and tricks, focusing mostly on the soft skills, the strategic thinking and the critical thinking that goes into making a marketing campaign really successful. Now, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Are these pre-recorded uh, courses, classes that anybody can download and and participate in at any time or are they live? They will be live classes. They will be scheduled. They're scheduled. I think I've, I've announced the dates for the first six months of the year and they will be scheduled throughout uh, the remainder of the year. Once we go post pandemic, my goal would be to do some of them in person. Although I may find that doing them, you know, I think what we're learning after a year of pandemic is that um, online teaching offers a lot of opportunities for people that might not be able to travel or, you know, might have difficulties with that. So that's up in the air. And then I will also offer the curriculum uh, in uh, as a white label or as a dedicated training for companies that would want to, you know, bring me in and have them talk to their teams specifically using their materials. That's great. And the other thing about uh, do if you do turn it into a video course is that people can fit it in around their schedules. They can, uh, they don't need to, they can download it at a time that works for them. So I hope that becomes part of your strategy as well. Now, in order to find uh, Deb, which there you are, I'm just giving you unsolicited advice, which you didn't want. So in order to find Deb, stage two marketing, and that's the letter two. So stage two marketing, forward slash marketing heroes, which I absolutely love. Thank you. Thank you. And just as a, as a note, it's M, part of the URL is MKTG. Um, I, th I think there is actually a company that has the full name Stage 2 Marketing. And uh, over the years, I've gotten several calls from their employees who are not getting paid. And that's not me. So No, <laughs> no that would never be you. That would absolutely never be right. you. And so did, did, we, did we say your last name, Doyle, as well? D-O-Y-L-A? You did now. Well, we did now. And also, you can find Deb on LinkedIn as well. You can. Yeah. Yes. Deb, would, would you tell me about the wonderful world of wool? The wonderful world of wool. Oh, my gosh. Um, there is so much to be said about wool and yarn and fiber. Uh, it has been a passion of mine since I was, um, well, I guess I learned to knit when I was 12 uh, and never have seriously put down my needles since then and 
uh, have uh, have always found knitting very meditative and the joy of being able to create nothing from or create something from nothing has always been very satisfying to me. So since I was a young girl, I've always, I, you know, I started with Barbie clothes, then I made a couple of scarves. Um, I made the first sweater I attempted when I was 16 was for uh, my boyfriend at the time. It was an Irish cable sweater. Um, I did not know at the time that it was the most, one of the more difficult uh, constructions you can tackle, but, you know, sometimes if you move forward without knowing what you're doing, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a cable sweater sounds incredibly ambitious. Uh, it was, and it was a fa fantastic sweater, but it also very quickly proved uh, out the myth of the boyfriend sweater, which is well known to knitters. It says that if you knit a sweater for a man or a lover who is not married to you or related by blood, the relationship will promptly end. And, oh. and it did. <clears throat> um, but, however, I liked the sweater so much, I was, which went with him. God knows what happened to it. Um, but I liked it so much, I made a second sweater for myself. And 40 years on, I still wear that sweater. It's still, I mean, that thing is going to be found in an archaeological dig somewhere. Um, it is absolutely indestructible um, and has worn quite well over the years. So, and, and may we point out, you are still in a wonderful and loving relationship with yourself. I am, and I'm also in a loving and wonderful relationship with my partner, and he has refused to let me knit him anything. <laughs> he will not let me knit him socks, a scarf. He, he, you know, we're 15 years in, and he, we, I'm like, you know, I, I think we've passed the threshold. And he says, no, like, let's not chance this. There is no reason to get into that. So I knit for his family. I knit for my family. I knit for everybody. But yeah. He sounds like a very wise man who desperately wants to stay with you and does not want to be foiled by a knitting needle curse. <laughs> I think that's quite true. <laughs> hey, I think you're also passionate about how, helping yarn stores, which are having a really tough time at the moment. I am. So one of the things that I started this year with, uh, in addition to uh, creating the Marketing Heroes program for um, corporations and professional marketers, is I've seen a real opportunity with local yarn stores. The trade organization for the industry uh, ran into some difficulties earlier this year. And I, I've visited enough yarn stores over the last many, many years that I see that some of them are very well run and will be and have been quite successful and in fact are reporting record years right this year. Um, but oh. others, yeah, but others, because knitting um, really sort of took off a lot of, you know, home crafting activities with people being home, they were like, well, I might as well learn how to do something. So many things that are fiber related, whether it's knitting or weaving or sewing, um, people have, have flocked to it. So Yarn stores that were set up for success going into uh, the pandemic have done very, very well. But yarn stores that were sort of continuing on as if the world was going to always be 100% um, walk-in business really started to struggle. And so I created 
the String Alliance, which people can also find online. Um, and that is uh, classes and one-on-one -on -one coaching for the craft yarn industry. Not specific, it started as an idea for local yarn stores, but I'm finding that any kind of a creator, a maker, um, someone who is involved in craft yarn, um, I do want it to be fiber related, uh, it seems to be finding some benefit from it, so. Can I check the String Alliance, which is a brilliant name? I found it on Facebook. Is that the best way to find it? Uh, they can find it on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And then the class schedule is also updated on the website, which is thestringalliance.com. And going back to your question earlier, your, your suggestion earlier about moving the classes online, in 2021, those classes are primarily going to move online because one of the things that I learned in sort of working with yarn stores is that trying to find a date and a time that was going to be um, equally compatible for someone on the East Coast or someone on the West Coast or someone who has a store that's open seven days a week, someone who has a store that's open six days a week, someone who is, it, you get the general idea, who's got a retail business. It was impossible to find a consistent time that people would like, would, would work for everyone. So I'm going to put this, those classes online so people can download them and listen to them and then ask questions as they choose to. And overseas, you know, world domination. Absolutely. I don't see why we should just stick to America. Absolutely. One of the women who early on asked to be included on who joined my mailing list is in France. And, you know, she's got a lovely business in outside of Paris, but sort of finding a time that is that works for me and works for her and works for everybody else again just became very difficult so the beautiful thing about having it online is that yes people can listen to it wherever they want to listen to it you heard that world what is it wool around the world <laughs> that's a good one too Although it's a mouthful, we'll have to practice that one. That would that could be like a warm up left a warm up exercise for voice recording. W W oh W A T W. It sounds like it sounds yeah yeah. It, it is it is a bit of a but there there you go. If you're planning on doing any vocal exercises or singing later on or singing an ode to yarn, uh, start saying world wool around the world multiple times. Yes. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to circle back. Um, first of all, I'm going to plug my own workshops. I've got free workshops on creating a background that makes you feel comfortable and confident on camera. Mm -hmm. I, I'm an on-camera consultant. I'm an image consultant. So I, I don't only want you to look and feel good in real life, but I also want you to look and feel good on camera. But I also want to make sure you've got what I call a movie set behind you that makes you feel that you're in alignment with your colleagues, your peers, your clients, and that you don't feel embarrassed about. So you have to have a virtual background, which means that your head looks weird every time you move. So do jump on my website for that because I'm offering free workshops. Deb, can I circle back to the fact that I'm on your Facebook page and you are offering, um, I'm stalking obviously, you're offering IABC workshop, Getting to Yes, Presentations at Compel, now, it's targeted at comms professionals, which is communications professionals, but it's, it's relevant to anyone in marketing or interested in marketing like me. But what is IABC? Uh, it's the International Association of Business Communicators. So they are a, a well-recognized education and trade association, primarily for public relations professionals. 
um, or I guess what we would call them now is earned media professionals. And they have invited me to talk about um, presentations, uh, which is a which is always near and dear to my heart is that I, again, have had to sit through many presentations or I have had people um, deliver me presentations that are unfocused, um, unclear boring. about what boring. people want them to do, boring. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, really you sort of finish it and you listen to it. Um, you know, sometimes webinars will do the same thing where you sort of look at it and you go, hmm, what am I supposed to do with that information? And you never want your audience to think that. You want your audience to be very clear. You want them to know what what they are expected to do. You want to give them the information they need in order to make the decision you hope them to make um, and sort of compel the conversation moving forward. So this will be a 90-minute workshop uh, with the IABC organization. It's free for members of IABC and a mere $15 for anyone who is not a member. So if people wanted to join up, I think it's on January 11th. 13th, 13th, January 13th, which is January 13th in the morning. And um, we'll have a lively discussion about presentations and how you can sort of go through a checklist to make sure that your presentations are at least um, starting to get people to get to the get to yes. Um, you want them to agree to do the next thing you want them to do. Now, can I double check with January the 13th, which is a Wednesday, because I'm looking at my diary to see if I can fit this in. Now, it says 12 p.m. to 1.30. That is PST time. That is like California time, my time. Is that right? Yes, I believe that is. Yes, that is true. America confuses me because there are so many time zones. New Zealand is on one, people. New it's Zealand on one is on time zone. That is true. That is true. But yes, there are many. So we always make sure that we say what is the time zone that we are working on. So noon PST, which would be three o'clock on the East Coast and everybody else in the middle can figure it out. I can't believe it's only $15. That's brilliant. Well, IABC wants to make sure that their that their presentations are um, open to as many people as they can be, and you know, oh, it's appreciated. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just putting it in my diary as we speak. I'm multitasking and not listening, which is very rude. Um, now you have a BA in English Literature, but you say you're a, ref you know, which means that you you uh, are incredibly fluent in marketing. You, you can translate marketing to English, obviously. Okay, that made no sense because your marketing is normally in English. But I was actually skipping ahead to the end, which says you're a reformed horsewoman. And when we've talked, your background actually looks lovely. Deb Thank has you. nailed a background, by the way. Thank it, is, it is absolutely beautiful. She is one of the few people I've met who is absolutely aware of the impact what's behind you makes. Um, but I do remember horse pictures. Would you tell us about horses? You do. So um, when I was in my mid-30s, I made a couple of significant life changes around, mostly around um, relationships. And I had a therapist at the time who said, well, you've rewritten your life this much. What else would you like to do? And I said, well, you know, I always wanted to learn how to ride horses. And I had loved horses as most young girls do um, growing up and had ridden as I could, but it wasn't really in the family budget. So it never really came to very much. Um, but here I was, I was 35 years old and I had my own income and suddenly it was within reach. So I started taking lessons and then 
moved to California and within a year I had a saddle and within six months after that I had a horse to go with the saddle and for the next uh, 20 years I was riding anywhere from three to five times a week and I loved it absolutely adored it it was a fantastic community of women uh, one of my one of my barn friends said that um, horseback riding, particularly this was equestrian riding, we were a hunter-jumper barn, is golf for girls, which I just loved because you did so many, you did, um, you met women who are outside of your normal network, uh, you made connections, you sometimes talked about business, um, sometimes you, you did deals, but at the end of the day, you were a bunch of very different backgrounds that were all united around this love of the horse. Um, and then uh, about 10 or 15 years ago, uh, I retired my, my horse spot. He uh, got quite old. And then five years ago, he passed. So that was effectively the end of my horse career, which is why I say I, was a I am a reformed horsewoman. Still in my blood. I still, I, you know, you see a beautiful day and I'm like, God, it would be a great day for a trail ride. Um, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank um, you. Spot. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Spot's very much missed. I knew we had so much in common. I wanted to be a horse when I was 10 for some reason. <laughs> yes. And I was, and at that time my mum was pregnant with my with my favorite sister, Joanne. And I remember being bitterly disappointed that I was getting a sister instead of a foal. Oh. Which, which made no sense whatsoever, given that we lived in the suburbs. Um, and I took riding lessons for the first time at 45, because mm -hmm. it had been a lifelong dream, and it became affordable because I could horse lease with a friend of mine. Yes. And uh, because I was going through something at the time, I spent a lot of time crying on that horse. Mm -hmm. Horses are wonderful therapists. That they are. That Though I do are. notice this horse started to avoid me in the paddock because he was brown and quite nondescript and there was a lot of oh. brown nondescript horses. I'm sure he looked at me and went, you know, I'm really not a psychotherapist. I think I'd rather just eat my grass. No, he is a psychotherapist. They're very yeah. good that way. Yeah. Um, that was a very, and I live next door to wonderful people who train show jumpers and I often go up to see their shows just to watch these incredibly beautiful animals yep. who are so well looked after and who are, uh, who are owned by people that have the means to treat them extremely well. So it's a joy. And they're beautiful athletes. To see them oh. do what they do is, is just amazing. And then, and once you've become a rider and you realize, I mean, I re so many people that just, you know, they'll go to a horse show or they'll watch a, a horse race or they'll watch some kind, they'll watch the Olympic competition and they'll go, well, you know, the rider, they're just there to sit on the back of the horse. And, it's not until you've actually ridden um, and particularly show jumped that you realized how intimate the dance is between the horse and the rider and how that partnership is, is so important. And um, just as any partnership, it relies on trust and, um, and showing up and, um, and when you do well, you're both happy about it. Isn't that a brilliant analogy for what we do? Yeah. With marketing and with style, because it, it's, it absolutely must have, there must be trust. Both parties must win. It must be a win-win environment. There must be a partnership and both people must truly respect 
and um, you know have a common goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just as you were speaking, I was struck with how similar that is to what we both do with our clients. Thank you. I bring many lessons from the writing ring into my marketing um, perspectives. Is there anything else that we need to tell the zillions and zillions of people who will be uh, listening about how they can find you, work with you? Um, What would be an ideal client? Or is it just, you know, do you have a specialty niche? Or should anybody just reach out to you who who wants to work with an admired marketing educator? (laughs) Well, thank you, Erin. You know, it sort of depends on what they're looking for. If they're in the craft fiber industry, they can find me through the String Alliance, which is Facebook, website, Instagram. Um, If they are marketing professionals and they want to up their game when it comes to marketing and turn themselves into a marketing hero, then I would thoroughly encourage them to head on over to stage two marketing forward slash marketing heroes. Um, They can also find me on LinkedIn and there will be more information about the marketing heroes program on LinkedIn uh, just after the first of the year. Have I asked you to send me a bio and a headshot yet so I can put it in the show notes? I believe you did and I will do that. Oh, there's no hurry. But if you do uh, get it to me, then I can, I'll promote you first because you've got your workshop coming up on the 13th. Thank you. Yes. I thank you so much for your time today, Deb. Um, and when we hang up, I want a photo of what you're wearing and I'll send you a photo of my, my um, cat toy um, jumper that I'm wearing. I would love that. I would love that. Erin, thank you so much for inviting me for this. This was terrific. And so much fun. Aroha. Bye. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.